You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are ecstatic to be here with you today. We are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and now we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also cover the Chargers for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Wow, guys, what a kickoff to the NFL Draft in 2021. Basically, the scenario that all of us had kind of given up as far as a fairy tale of what could happen for the Chargers in the first round happened for the Chargers in the first round. They end up with Rashawn Slater to fill their left tackle void at 13. So much to get into today. Thank you, everyone who's checking out the show today, especially those for the first time. You're going to get a very exciting show from us because we are very excited about the Chargers first round pick. So we're going to first just start with our reaction to him falling to 13, how we felt when the Chargers finally made the pick, just because you still never know what they're going to do. And then in the second segment, we'll get into Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco speaking on the Slater pick, talking about what they liked about him, him really going to be playing left tackle when they see him as a left tackle, and so much more from their press conferences. And then to end the show, we have day two tonight, guys. With all that excitement, we still have two more days of the draft. The Chargers still have three more picks in the top 100 picks that we're going to see tonight. So, so much to get into. We'll get into the best players available still because a few of them that we really liked in the second round are gone. A lot of really good players remain, David. So, let's go ahead and get into it. With the 13th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers selected Rashawn Slater. Wow, David, what a whirlwind day one of the draft. I mean, we had done so much research on different guys we had heard. Maybe it's wide receiver. Maybe it's cornerback. Maybe it's edge rusher. At the end of the day, the Chargers end up finding their left tackle of the future, and they find themselves in a scenario where, because of the trade-up for Justin Fields with the Chicago Bears, because of the Carolina Panthers deciding to go with cornerback J.C. Horn, they found themselves with a position at 13 where they could really take the best player available and also take their biggest need. Is this real life right now? I mean, is this the Chargers that we're talking about? Did they really hit a home run pick? Did they really take the one of the best players available at one of the biggest positions of need? And they actually submitted that player and he's actually a Charger now? It's just unfathomable to imagine that. I cannot contain my excitement. I cannot believe that the guy that I mocked to the Chargers, almost just wanting it with my heart more than my head, actually came to fruition. The board just played beautifully. Several quarterbacks got taken. Even a couple fell that allowed some trades to, to happen to where... Rayshon Slater fell directly into the Chargers' laps. And even then, we just didn't know, like you said, Daniel, if the Chargers would pull the trigger and, and take the obvious you know, softball and hit that home run. But they did, and I am just overjoyed. I cannot believe it. I am so excited that this 
truly shows the commitment to investing in the offensive line and taking a premium player for only the second time drafting an offensive lineman in the first round in 30 years. Yeah, and the other guy was DJ Fluker, right? So you're not going to have those concerns, at least according to Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco. And let me just tell you, you know, what kind of player that you're getting. You're getting the most technically refined offensive lineman in the draft, and that includes Panay Sewell. Sewell had a lot of things, you know, just as far as maybe explosiveness was a little bit better. Maybe just the potential, the ceiling might have been a little bit higher, but there's a reason that people like Daniel Jeremiah were ranking Rashawn Slater higher than Panay Sewell. I didn't do that. I'm not going to sit here and say that that's what I would have done if both guys were available, but you're getting a legitimate top 10 talent at 13. You're filling your biggest need at left tackle, and you're getting a guy that not only is one of the best pass protectors in the country as far as at the collegiate level. I mean, zero sacks given up in 2019. I think he gave up one quarterback hit in 2019, and that's with going up against guys like A.J. Epinesa and Chase Young. I mean, the guy has just phenomenal tape. It's hard to find a weakness in his game, and he's just so athletic, and that was a sticking point for the Chargers as well, like they talked about. He can get out on the move. He can get out in space. He's awesome on screen plays. He always connects at the second level because his balance is so good and his athleticism is just, you know, jumps off the page as far as being able to get to the next level, being able to catch up with speed rushers on the edge. The Chargers got the complete package in Rashawn Slater. Don't worry about his arms being a little bit shorter than the NFL standard. Nobody here is worried about that because this guy was just such an automatic pick, David, that... There's a lot of things that you don't really care about, and especially you know arm length and things like that. When you see the performances he's been able to put up, but just to see you know the miraculous way that it ended up happening, and the Chargers were saying you know once he got past eight that they felt good about it, and we'll get more into that in the next segment. But it was crazy just sitting there, and you're like, oh, all right, Panesuel goes at seven. How is Rashawn Slater? going to go from 8 to 13 without getting picked. That was the most nerve-wracking part of it, wasn't it? I mean, it's just like this guy's too good. Someone's going to take him no matter what, even if they don't even have a direct need for him. It's just one of those best player available guys and you just were wondering, is there going to be a GM there just going to be like forego the need? I don't care. I need to take the best player available. That most certainly would have been Rayshon Slater. And I know probably at 10 when, you know, when the Cowboys were there, that was a little bit concerning. And then they made the trade and then you're like, okay, I mean, maybe this can turn into a reality. Maybe this will actually happen. But then, you know, when the, the move was made for the 12th pick and then he didn't go there, then I really was like, okay, it, it's, it's that obvious. It's that it's right there in front of you make the move, and they actually made the move. I mean, I just, as a Charger fan, we're just so scarred with so many different scenarios, either, you know, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory multiple times or taking players where you just don't expect them to take them there. It's just was, it was so nerve-wracking, but they actually made the move, Daniel. They got the pick. They have their left tackle for the foreseeable future, a guy who is unanimously one of the best at his position. It's just incredible. And look at the reactions, right? Look at the reactions from a guy like Jeff Schwartz, who just had this guy in a camp where in, you know, 235 days he did 200-plus workouts and has just been absolutely grinding since the last time he got on a football field. What he's able able to do in the weight room, if you guys haven't seen it, the Chargers posted a video (laughs) 
of him just easily front squatting, you know, almost 500 pounds, a ridiculous, not only that, ridiculous amount. Not only that, but pushing his teammates behind him to get all jacked up and every yeah. single one of them around him, like, pumping him up. But he did it multiple times, too. This guy, this guy is just an animal. Yeah, and, you know, Brandon Staley even talked about just his competitiveness being a big reason as to why they took this guy and also the fact that even though he opted out of the 2020 season when they worked him out he was in great shape right and he you know had been working really hard on his game if he hadn't been on top of that who knows if he ends up getting selected there too so the Chargers absolutely hit a home run and the other thing is David is they didn't have to trade up to get him I think a lot of Charger fans were (laughs) upset when they didn't go up to seven right with the Lions to get Sewell sure and I mean, the Lions aren't trading you that pick to get Sewell if you, you know, they want Sewell themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I think that was a big part of it too. Is just you stayed put, you remained calm. It got to your pick, and you were rewarded while still keeping your other eight picks in this draft class and every pick next year too. Seems like Tom Telesco doesn't have an issue with the first round, right? It's just every mm. round thereafter. Why can't he just keep the same philosophy in all the other rounds, right? I mean, don't reach for guys. Take guys that are at the appropriate value, and we're going to have a really good-looking draft. And, you know, some of the thoughts from Brandon Staley that he shared that we're going to get into a little bit later kind of makes me think that maybe his influence is going to be a little bit more on this draft, and I'm excited to see how that's going to express itself uh, here on the Chargers draft class. And just the fact that the Chargers get a defensive-minded head coach, and that definitely rubbed some people the wrong way, I think, until he spoke for the first time, and everyone kind of realized (laughs) this guy might be a little bit different than the coach speak that we've heard in the past. The entire focus has been on the offensive line. Like, they get a defensive coach. They have four new starters on the offensive line. They're not sending Dan Feeney out there for his fourth season to see if he can finally figure it out. They're not taking guys like Forrest Lamp and hoping they can stay healthy. I'm not meaning to knock those guys, but what I'm saying is is this guy saw that it wasn't good enough, and he's actually putting his money where his mouth is. They are changing the entire front for the Chargers offense, and he said he wants some dudes out there that he knows can go protect Justin Herbert. So we're going to get into that and more of what him and Tom Telesco had to say about Rashawn Slater, a pick that the entire draft room was unanimously excited about coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. So if you guys are on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring, shoal treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. All right, David. Well, one of the things that we didn't know how much we would be able to use from it or when they were going to do it was... Head coach Brandon Staley and general manager Tom Telesco speaking on the pick for Rashawn Slater. We usually get a little bit from the coach and GM after the first round pick, but they went into quite some detail. But I think the first thing that was on everyone's mind, especially, you know, when you see the graphic on ESPN, it's saying Rashawn Slater, Northwestern, guard, right? 
Yeah. Is can they play tackle? <laughs> Are the Chargers thinking that he's a tackle? And that was a nice thing. I mean, it seemed obvious, especially considering the Chargers need at left tackle, but both Brandon Staley and general manager Tom Telesco couldn't have been more forthright in saying, hey, this is a guy that we want to play left tackle. Thank God, right? I mean, that's one of the, the concerns with, with everybody out there having some issues with the arm length not being ideal for a tackle. But, I mean, when you hear Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley talk about Rashawn Slater, it's pretty clear that they looked at his technique and his ability, his athleticism, his strength, and valued that a lot more than, you know, the perceived physical limitations of his arm length so that wasn't a concern they see him as a tackle which is music to my ears that just means that they are evaluating him the same way we evaluated him we didn't have any issues with his arm length and uh, the chargers don't either yeah it's so nice to hear them not getting carried away by those things obviously telesco talked about that a little bit before the draft and he was just saying you know there's plenty of guys with shorter arms that have a lot of success in this league and it's not like he's Elijah Vera Tucker where it's 32 and one eighth inch, right? It's 33 and a half. So just under kind of what the threshold is. And Brandon Staley talked about the fact that his athleticism is something that's going to really make up for the fact that he has those shorter arms. And I think he's right by that because he is a very athletic player. But I really liked how in-depth Staley got in his conversation about Rashawn Slater. I know that we were talking about that before, but it's incredible. <laughs> what Staley had to say was, I think he's got a really nice combination when asked if he was a finesse or a power player. He's really athletic. You're not going to find many tackles that run a 488 that have the type of movement. I'll tell you guys, when you watch him run, this guy's moving. This guy is out and running. He can kick to these rushers when you have to block these guys that we have to be able to block on the edge in this league. He can get back there and he's strong enough to anchor. That's very hard for any tackle to deal with the power element as much as the speed. It is such a real thing. The power is just as critical you got to have the ability to anchor, and you also have to have the ability for the smarts, too, and the fact that he has the smarts, we are so happy to have him. So they see exactly what type of player he is, and they love all the traits that he's bringing to the table. Right, which is really refreshing. I mean, and and also kind of a, a little bit intimidating how well of a communicator that Brandon Staley is. I mean, he just gets into so so much incredible detail, and it's 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 very hard to adjust to considering the the coaches that the Chargers have trotted out there the last couple of years as far as the way they approach. Uh, these press conferences, but it is so nice because you really get an idea uh, inside of Brandon Staley's head and what he's looking for in those critical factors of the position that he talked about. And he said that Rashawn Slater has all those critical factors. Also said that he is athletic and can get out in space. They really feel like he's going to help on the perimeter and on screens. Um, so, I mean, they just really viewed him as a complete prospect. So that's something uh, that I thought was really cool. And, uh, yeah, just the more and more you hear about uh, Brandon Staley, you really get an idea of the vision. And clearly, Rashawn Slater fits that vision. One, I think we should all bash Tom Telesco, too, for not answering, you know, Fernando Ramirez's question, right, when he asked him why he was the perfect prospect for the Chargers and he didn't want to say he was the perfect prospect. But, uh, I mean, it's just, it was such a good pick by them. I mean, there is so much to like. And the other thing that that kind of opened up is just Daniel Popper asking about, you know, is this going to be a wide zone scheme team, right? Is this going to be a zone running team? Because he's talking about that being athletic, getting out in space, being able to block at both levels and things like that. And he didn't outright say it, Brandon Staley, but what he did say is they want to challenge teams horizontally, right? And they want to be able to have a guy that can get out there in front of screen passes because that is such an important part of the game today. 
and they believe that Rashawn Slater is that guy. I mean, the only knock on him is the arm length. I mean, there's really just, when you watch his tape, there's just not a lot to be upset about. I mean, he can be really great in the running game. He's really great as a pass protector. Jeff Schwartz said he's the most NFL-ready pass protector in this draft class that also has Panay So this guy is going to be a guy who steps in right away as the starter, and it just completes the Chargers' rebuild of this offensive line. And I know, David, you're someone that's been saying, you know, build from the inside out. Like, you haven't done it for so long. You keep trying to make these flashy picks. And he was asked about that because Brandon Staley said that he wanted to be a line of scrimmage team, and he was asked how he felt about the improvements with the offensive line, and this is what he had to say. Very encouraged. It was the number one goal for us in free agency and going into the draft, not just for the O-line, but for the whole team. We wanted to be more of a line of scrimmage team. When we walk out to play these teams, I want to feel good about who's out there. I want to know that, hey, these are a bunch of real guys that are blocking for us, that are really setting the tempo for our offense, not just for Justin, but for all of our players, all of our skill players. I feel like the teams that play at the end of the year are the teams that have the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball that can stand the test of time. We feel like that we have done that over the last several months, and we think that Rayshon's going to be a great fit with the guys that we have. So refreshing to hear them finally making offensive lines such a priority. Oh my God, is it ever? I mean, I've been pounding the table on this show for years, even on Chargers Domination Live before we even got the gigs for Lockdown Chargers. It's just something that is just so blatantly obvious to me that the teams, like Brandon Staley alluded to, the teams at the end of the year that you see in the playoffs, that you see winning Super Bowls, they have strong offensive lines and strong defensive lines, and that anchors their team and carries them forward throughout the season. And yeah, injuries are a thing, but if you got really high-quality players up there on both sides of your line, you're going to be able to do so many things at such a higher level that it's been such a problem with the Chargers and to see and hear that Brandon Staley truly believes that he needs to strengthen the interior of his team it gives me so much encouragement for where this team is going in the future and that they're going to really turn into a high quality football team yeah and I mean I love what he was saying just about teams at the end of the year are usually good on both the defensive front and the offensive front as far as the lines right I mean we've talked about that so much we've been talking about that Look at the playoff teams and look at how much better those offensive lines are than the line the Chargers put out last year. I mean, it's night and day. Then you look at the Super Bowl winning team, right? Their defensive line is great too, right? You need more players there. So we saw the Chargers kind of act on that with the 13th overall pick, improving in the trenches. Now it's time to see, you know, if they really mean it on both sides and they really want to add an edge defender or a defensive interior player and how high they want to do that on day two and three of the NFL draft. But the good news is, is we still have two more days of the draft. And the best news is we are 99% likely to have a bonus episode for you guys tomorrow. We know it's Friday. That's usually when the weekend's for us. But we have three more picks to talk about tomorrow with you guys. We have three picks tonight in the top 100. A ton of impact players still left on the board. So coming up after this, we are going to be getting into all of the best players available that would fit for the Chargers in the second and third rounds coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I am talking about Built Bars. Right now, I mean, I think after the Chargers picked, I probably ate about six Built Bars just because I was so excited that all of a sudden I just got really hungry and I wanted to treat myself because I feel like we did a great job. We all came together and got Rashawn Slater. But for you guys, you're going to find the best protein bar that you've ever had. The nice thing about it is, 
there's so many flavors to choose from. You're not going to just get three generic flavors. I mean, you could go caramel brownie, cookies and cream, coconut brownie chunk. So many delicious flavors to choose from. I mean, me and David have eaten a ton of these things. They are all super good. And the best part is, is they're all low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, high protein. This is the protein bar that you've been looking for. This is the protein bar of your dreams. And they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And since you joined us for our draft reaction today, we can even save you guys some money. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into the final segment, looking forward and looking forward to tonight specifically, day two of the NFL draft. We're going to see at 4 p.m. Eastern time, the Chargers and who they decide to select with their one second round pick and two third round picks and three picks inside the top 100. And to make sure that you guys are keeping up with what's going on around the league, don't forget to go follow the Locked On NFL page on Twitter. You can also follow Locked On today to get all of the expert local analysts chiming in on what their teams are doing during the draft. So much good content there, so make sure you're keeping up with everything that's going on around the league so you know who's going to be available to the Chargers or who might go ahead of the Chargers based on what these other teams need. So let's focus on what the Chargers need now because they have the 47th overall pick as it stands right now. They have not made any trades yet, but Tom Telesco has traded up in the second round twice and traded his second round pick to move up to the first round pick last year for Kenneth Murray. So this is usually a very active time for the Chargers to trade potentially. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But the one thing that really stands out is there's a couple of players that we liked potentially in the second or third rounds. Guys like, you know, Peyton Turner, guy like Joe Tryon, both off the board, a big spending spree on edge rushers towards the end of the first round of the draft. Four of the last five. Four of the last five picks in the first round were on edge defenders. And that was an obvious area to target for the Chargers, David. But I thought the funnier thing was two of the guys that we had as our nightmare picks on yesterday's show, <laughs> Aziz Ojolari and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, are both on the table. And like, I, don't, I just want to reemphasize kind of the fact that, yes, those guys would be nightmare picks at 13. If you're picking at 47, it's a completely different story. Oh, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, I look at these two players, and, you know, for Jeremiah Wusakaramoa, I just see him as a defensive weapon, and just the value at 13 for him, it just wasn't there because the deficiencies in his game uh, were too much for me to value him in the first round and for him to slide to the second round, and if he's still there at 47 and you take him there, I would be overjoyed. I mean, I think the value there is is definitely there. I think he is a high second round pick. I mean, even I could have saw him sneak into the end of the first, but you know, seeing him you know go to the middle of the second round if he's there, I mean, that's an absolute home run steal type of pick. I mean, same thing with Aziz Ojolari. I think he just didn't have the twitch that I like to see from my pass rushers. And, uh, you know, I think that was a primary reason why he slipped um, in, in, a, in a lot of minds. But if he's there at 47, that's another guy that I would feel a whole lot better about than I would at 13. Absolutely. And as far as the need to, I mean, for Ojolari specifically, it just seemed like that's not necessarily a guy that's going to come in and help you this year. With Rashawn Slater, you're feeling like he makes you immediately better as far as your starting talent in 2021. I mean, yes. that's almost unequivocal no matter who you ask just because of the gap between him and the next guy they have at that position. I mean, there's no gap between Aziz Ojolari 
and Joey Bosa. It's a negative gap, right? So yes. <laughs> it's a totally different conversation there. But the next biggest need, obviously, David, now we turn to cornerbacks, right? I mean, yes. there's a couple different ones. Obviously, edge is something they could try to address. It'll be interesting to see who's there because the Chargers will have to wait. You know, 14 more picks are going to have to happen before they come on the clock at 47. So it is going to be very interesting to see who lands there. But I think corner has to be number one on the list. And Asante Samuel Jr. is still available. Tyson uh-huh. Campbell is available. Kelvin Joseph still available. If you're talking later in the second, you know, or in the third round, you have guys like Paul Sanadibo, Ify Melum Fonwu. So, you know, even though there was a run, you know, Greg Newsom's gone. Kayla Farley's gone. Eric Stokes is gone, who I wasn't very high on anyways. There's still some guys left here, David. If they want to attack corner in the second round, maybe one of those guys gets to them and they pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's it's no no secret that we would prefer that to be Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, we just, I mean, I love the guy. I think he's very versatile. I think he's a great tackler. I mean, I've said it many times on this show. I think he'd be a home run type of pick. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't even mind if there was a, a you know a trade up scenario. I mean, say you know he's still there around you know forty or something like sure. that. I would highly consider trading up to get him because that's a guy I truly believe that can come in and play right away and help you right away, which in the second, third rounds, you're looking for guys that are going to contribute right away. I mean, and if you're picking guys that you feel like is a project there, I, I think you're you're picking wrong. Uh, also, wouldn't mind getting a couple safeties, right? If Richie Grant's there in the second round or if, if uh, Trayvon Mayrig is there or he's pretty close, that's another guy I wouldn't mind trading up for. Uh, I mean, some really high quality talent that's still on the board. Even even a guy like Tevin Jenkins is still yep. there, right after the the first round, which was a big surprise for me. But a lot of high quality players, even Christian Barmore is even still out there, which is a, a bit of a surprise for me. Not a super strong D line class, right? But still a guy that I thought was going to be a first round guy. But a lot of talent, a lot of players, a lot of opportunities to get better here on the second day of the draft. Yeah, we really liked Tevin Jenkins, and he's definitely one of the surprises, you know, in the first round. And, you know, when the Raiders decided to pick Alex Leatherwood, <laughs> you know, that's it's going to happen. And we weren't that high on him anyways. Jordan oh, Reed man. told us he was a really good player, so maybe he's right. But even he didn't have him as a first-round player. The Raiders, Raider, once again, the Chargers don't Chargers. So we're off to a great start to the 2021 NFL Draft. But... Tevin Jenkins, Aziz Ojolari, Jeremiah Wusu, Koromoa, those are the three biggest guys that fell into the second round. I mean, we weren't as high on the, you know, the last two of that group. You know, we didn't really get the hype on that, but still really good players. And, and we guys, we wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they were taken towards the end of the first round. I mean, Zayvon Collins ends up going, right? So we saw some surprises in the first round in that sense. But yep. yeah, I think safety is the other one where you look at it, you know, if it's Trayvon Merrick, it's, if it's Javon Holland. Yeah, yeah, we like a guy like Hampson Nazarildean later on. Those are all picks that could potentially go down for the Chargers. Richie Grant could be available too. He's one of my favorite safeties hands down in this draft class. So they're going to have potentially some really good options. I think there's going to be a run on safeties if I'm just giving kind of my gut opinion on it, David. I think I there is going to be just because Trayvon Mayrig is a guy they thought potentially goes in the first round. I mean, some people even think that. JOK is a guy that is a safety, you know, really in kind of a linebacker's body. He's but kind of their that value teamer. just skyrockets being there in the second round, you know. I mean, in the first, you feel iffy about it, obviously. But in the second round, you feel phenomenal about it. Yeah, and if the Chargers, you know, in a parallel universe, I would have taken a corner. I mean, there's still some pretty good offensive tackles still left out there, too. 
Yeah, I mean, one of your guys, Dylan Raiden's still out there, right? Yeah, Dylan Raiden's still out there. It would have been interesting if Kansas City had kept that pick, who they would have ended up going with, right? That would have been a spot that we would have likely mocked someone like that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the premise here, David, is the Chargers have three more picks in the top 100. I mean, if we go to, like, the third round, there's still guys, you know, like Hamza Nazaruddin, that would still be good. There's a ton of guys. I mean, Ify Milifonu, like we talked about, Paulson Debo are all still available. I mean, even Pat Fryermuth, Baby Gronk is still available. There's a <laughs> lot of guys that are still very attractive in the second and third rounds that we're going to see tonight. And as excited as I, as excited as I am about the Chargers selecting Rashawn Slater, I'm pretty stoked to see tonight three more players that could potentially, you know, be chances for Tom Telesco to redeem himself and be more chances for Brandon Staley to have his imprint on this draft. That's that last part right there. That's what I'm looking for the, forward to the most. I mean, I want to see what Brandon Staley's impact is on these picks because more than likely, I think these next two picks, no matter what they are, are going to be on the defensive side of the ball. So these are going to be those versatile type of players that Brandon Staley has been looking for. Those guys that he can take as a first time head coach and really build them into exactly the type of players he wants to to see in his defense. So that, I think, is the most exciting part for me tonight. Yeah, and I mean, on the offensive side of things, there's guys like Tommy Tremble that we love still available. If the Chargers want to double down and go offensive line in the next two rounds, really good interior offensive linemen still on the board. I mean, Landon Dickerson's still out there. Creed Humphrey is still out there. Pretty much all of those top guys, the only big interior guy that went ended up being Elijah Vera Tucker, who went 14, so... I guess we weren't that much higher on him than, you know, some of the NFL teams were, David. So I think that, you know, the Jets probably feel pretty similar about his chances of being a very, very good offensive lineman, even if he's not playing tackle. But very, very deep class. Still a lot of talent available, David. And I'm just stoked to be back with you guys with a bonus episode tomorrow to talk about potentially the Chargers' next three picks, 47, 77, and 97. We're off to a hot start, and we're excited to continue our draft coverage with you guys. Hopefully, you continue your draft coverage with us because we will be back here tomorrow. Until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter where we had a lot of fire posts about the draft class that you guys can go check out at LockedOnLAC. You can find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers as well as our Facebook page, LockedOnChargers as well, where we can get some discussions going in that group too. If you don't, make sure you go follow us wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And if you subscribe, it helps you keep up with the everyday format and notifies you when you get a bonus Saturday episode, which is especially important right now. If you want to give your draft reactions to get on the show, the number is 323-524-7924 for the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. Hopefully we get some reactions from you guys from these picks and we'll be excited to play those back this week just to get excited all over again about this Rashawn Slater pick and some of the other picks we're sure to see tonight. But make sure you guys check back and check in on the Saturday episode of the Locked on Chargers podcast where we give you a bonus episode tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.